This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. Okie dokie folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing and we're going to be talking about gardening the next little while. I don't have a screen on. I'm not sure which button to push to see who's calling. So Java, you just have to tell me. Uh, we can we, we can work with that for a little while. How are you this morning, sir? I'm doing good, man. It is really exciting here at MPB. I can't wait to like do a big, big, big reveal, but um, we got a lot of activity this morning. Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, young guys in there buzzing around a bunch of equipment stuff, so we'll see how that works out. But, hey, you know, you and I, before the program, we were talking about this thing called code shifting. Code switching. Code switching. You know, a lot of people, since the uh, past few decades, it usually has to do with people acting differently when they're in other groups of people in order to fit in or whatever like that. But I real, but it actually can do, do with anything, any time when you have to stop doing something that's natural and act right some other way. I always, I always throw out the, the explanation for people with code switching because it can get kind of testy or whatnot. But I just say you act according to the situation. Yeah. You talk with your friends a certain way, but you necessarily wouldn't talk with your grandmother that way. Yeah. So it's a, just about situational awareness. Now, it does get really dicey when you have to completely change. Yes. And, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Which uh, sort of in a in a in a in a way I have to do in a way, you know, I'm trained in horticulture, but my audience is gardeners, amateur gardeners. And so I have to 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 talk in plain English. I talk about digging in the dirt. My horticulture peers say it's soil. <laughs> so if I'm giving a talk at the university, I'm talking about soil preparation. But if I'm talking to garden, it's dirt, you know, or, you know, so I have to, and horticulture say I'm dumbing down horticulture. No, I'm just trying to make it accessible accessible to, to people like me and my neighbors and my mother and my son and my daughter, you know. So I have to cut out a lot of the horticulture jargon and drop a lot of my G's and stuff like that to make it more accessible. But, you know, horticulture people say, you know, you really shouldn't be saying that. You need to put on a tie felder. You know, I'm serious. So anyway, we all do this, but uh, I think it's real interesting that a lot of master gardeners, they're trained by the university, they're trained by scientists to say things a certain way, and then they're going out public saying, you got to do it this way, and you don't. So, <laughs> well, it's kind of it's, it's kind of similar to what I was uh, hearing this morning with Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is a day where we uh, supposedly look to the groundhog to yeah. figure out the weather. When in actuality, there are meteorologists who've gone to school and kind of got it down to an actual science. But yeah. it's fun to yeah. go, you know, pick up Poxitani Field or some of the other groundhogs, and you know. Which, by the way, what did he say today? Because I'm, I'm I'm out of tune with the news. I think Poxitani Field, because I'd learned too that there are several <laughs> groundhogs throughout the country. And, and we don't even, even have him in most of Mississippi. You know, maybe. We 
what they ought to do is talk about the uh, squirrel, you know, something else. But the, but he he I saw his shadow or did not see I don't know. But spring is supposed to come early this year. Supposedly. That, that means he didn't see his shadow. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. I don't mind all that stuff. But at the same time, it doesn't hurt. You know, like planting by the moon. Uh, do I do I believe in planting? Absolutely not. But does it hurt? Nope. So there let's go. go for what whatever works. Now, and, we, uh, what? No, I was just going to say we you don't have your screen, so you don't know we do have a caller. Okay. Well, I've got a few uh, some eyes in to talk about, including some events. But let's go straight to who we got. Let's go to Cecil in Jackson. Cecile Wardlaw. Good morning. Good morning. How are yeah. you, lady? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I brought a rose in. To talk about this morning, Java can see it. It's a nice little pink rose. It's got uh, lots of flowers, lots of buds, and stuff like that. And it's one that you dropped off in my yard yesterday. Sneaked in while I was in my office, and you sneaked in and dropped these roses off. What's up with that? Well, I, I thought you were gone somewhere because the truck was blocked in, and I thought oh, maybe he <laughs> went out there, but I didn't know it. But um, that that rose uh, spent the cold season in my garage, so that's why it's still okay. Okay, well, well, I understand that we're having a rose event tomorrow uh, in Jackson. That's right. We used to call it rose pruning. This year, I'm calling it the Rose Love Day. <laughs> they, they, they pruned it pretty hard last year. <laughs> they got pruned pretty hard last year, and um, this year, we're, we're limiting pruning to cutting out dead stuff that we are sure is dead. Just because it doesn't have a leaf on it doesn't mean it's dead. Right. And um, and people can still take cuttings for propagation. That'll be enough pruning for this year. And we'll have. I'm gonna be there. That we'll have folks down there who root roses every year. So if people don't know about rooting old garden roses and even modern shrub roses, things that don't need to be grafted. You got people can take cuttings and we'll show them how to do it. That's right. The people who the experts are going to have on yellow reflective vests. Oh, do I get one? Yellow vested, yellow vested experts. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I'm gonna be down there, but I don't want no stinking vest. (laughs) You don't have to wear a vest. So anyway, this goes. um, I just thought if people people don't know what they're doing and they. Hey, what do I do? And they turn to the person next to them and they say, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And that person doesn't really have any idea either. So. Well, for folks, if want, who, if you want real information. Well, folks who, who aren't sure what we're talking about, this is at an old cemetery. It's a garden park cemetery from the late 18-teens, early 1920s, one block north of the state capitol, downtown Jackson. And you've got, what, around 300 rose shrubs, a, a couple of dozen right. different kinds that bloom, yeah. that dead people can grow. They look great in a cemetery, and they do well in people's gardens. And so we're going to be sort of neating them up, doing a little mulching and stuff like that, and people want to come down and bring some gloves and learn how to root roses and help out. It's f- free, right? That's right. That's right. We'd just be happy to see you. I've gotten permission for parking on West Street right outside the fence. That's good, because that little narrow road going through there, it was made for horse and buggy carriages. That's right. That's right. We don't have um, any parking lots in the cemetery. so Maybe we um, can put I, a sign. I recommend that people come to Fortification and turn down West Street, and there'll be signage to say park okay. right there along the fence. Okay, so... Side gate and follow the red arrows to the summer house. And this is this is sponsored by the Old Garden Rose Society. But there's a lot of we're, we're not talking about a bunch of stuffy people here. We're talking about people who grow roses in their yards. That's right. 
and he love them and know what to do to take care of them. For, fo- for people who might not be able to make it, in a nutshell, how, how do you root roses? Because you and, and a whole bunch of other folks, you root roses all the time. This time of year, how, how would you root a rose, just as simple as possible? Um, take a cutting about the size of a pencil, and um, I, I stick them in the ground in good soil. Um, and my, the trick, I think, is to stick enough of it down in the ground. Don't just <laughs> tip down. Stick two to three inches down in the ground so it has plenty of opportunities to set out roots. But you, and, you, um, you, you use rooting powder, right? Sometimes. But you don't have to. Sometimes. And you, you cover them with plastic? No. <laughs> you just no, take all, <laughs> all those that we rooted in the last few years that we don't do that anymore, but we had that rooting bed at the cemetery. Right. And we would just chop up the prunings and stick them in that bed and leave them there till March, till May. And, you know, not all of them are going to root under the best of circumstances. Yeah. Only, <laughs> only some of them are going to root. That's so what I did. Had really good. Look, they are at the cemetery. So. so this is the time of year to take cuttings uh, up to about the size of a pencil, not a lot bigger, not a whole lot skinnier. Stick them in some pretty good. I stick mine between pansies out in my front yard, and by the time it's time to pull the pansies out and replace them with other stuff, the roses are rooted. That's a great idea. Okay. Well, listen, we got we got to, to move on, but uh, Cecilia, C- Cecile, <laughs> how, how long have I known you? We're going to be getting together starting at 9 o'clock. It's real informal. The weather should be pretty good. You know, bring some gloves. Bring some pruners if you got it. If you want to root some roses, we'll show you how. Greenwood Cemetery, one block north of the state capitol, downtown Jackson. Thank you so much, Brad. Oh, I look forward to seeing you. And I appreciate you taking care of these three roses because they would have just sat out and froze. But uh, this one, uh, I forget the name. It's got a German name, something von something. It's uh, got... Lots and lots. I didn't look at the tag again. Well, it's a it's a, a gorgeous rose. I've never seen it get black spot and grow just in plain old dirt. And I appreciate you. So I'll see you in the morning. Great. See you then. All righty. So Java, I like to talk about antique plants and edible plants and native plants. Yeah. And uh, and I brought in you know antique rose, but also there's a bulb. You know this little plant's got leaves on it. They're arrowhead shaped and they're green with pale green stripes all over it. And this comes up every fall, grows through the winter time, dies down in the spring. So if you've got things like roses and uh, lantana and stuff that there's nothing there to look at in the winter time, this is called painted arum, a r u m. And uh, it's a great old-fashioned bulb. Once you get a start, it spreads a little bit. But I just want to let folks know that you can have color and texture and something interesting in the wintertime that doesn't have to be sprayed or watered or anything like that. But Painted Arum is my heirloom of the week. It could be called Painted Arrow, too. Yeah, it could. It could. It is arrowhead <laughs> shape. Arrow this plant will grow from from Florida to Canada. But it's, I see it in a lot of old home sites, and it spreads. Sort of like a a, a, a winter hosta or a winter canna type thing. Anyway, it's a cool little Painted Arum. Folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it. And uh, if you know somebody's got some, you can see it right now because there ain't nothing else out there. If you see it, somebody, I bet if you knock on the door, they'll be more than glad to give you some because it spreads a little bit. So horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're talking about gardening. Java, we got any calls? Not right now. <laughs> okay. Well, um, And I should have ran in there and turned the screen on. I'm I sorry. don't know how to. You know, they told me a long time ago, don't touch anything. If it's got blinking lights or buttons, Felder, keep your fingers off it. 
So uh, anyway, we do have some lines open if you want to give us a call and talk about gardening, anything related to gardening. Um, I'd be glad to kick around. I did. It, there's a lot of stuff I don't know. And I've been doing this for over 40 years, written all these books and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of stuff I just don't know. Some stuff I know I wish I didn't because it's just not necessary for gardening. A lot of stupid rules out there that may help you if you're a horticulturist and trying to get a crop or maybe yard of the month or fill your freezer or anything where there's a goal in mind where you're trying to produce something. Uh, there's a lot of efficient little shortcuts and trips and stuff like that. But if you're just knocking around a yard, Java, you ain't got to do that. Phil, do you say that a lot? You know a lot of stuff you wish you didn't. Give me an example of one of those things. I guess something that you know that you've never even used, maybe. Oh, boy. Well, there's a lot of it. And, uh, and I get in trouble with fellow horticulturists. I'm a horticulturist. I'm a retired horticulture extension agent. But, you know, I, all the time I hear people say um, soil, and I wish that I never heard the word dirt because dirt gets me in trouble with the soil people. Okay, okay, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, so back, back to that, 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 that code shifting, code switching. Code switching. Yeah, and, uh, you know, soil is French for dirt, which is Old English for soil. But for some reason, it became soil, and if you say dirt, you're dumbing it down. I've, I can't even say so, soil, soil, so I you, can't even say it. It's, it's because you can't sell bags of dirt. At the at, at, at the pottery at the, at the store, <laughs> you yeah. gotta have, you have to sell bags of soil. <laughs> oh, and I'll tell you another one. This related to to this uh, rose event uh, tomorrow morning downtown Jackson Greenwood Cemetery is. Uh, I've always heard you're supposed to prune a rose above an outward facing five leaflet leaf, and it makes sense because when you cut it above an outward facing thing, the new growth goes out like that. But the truth is, you could prune them with cherry bombs and gas-powered head shears. They don't care. They're still going to bloom fine. So somewhere between those two, you know, having a perfect lawn or having a mess with wildflowers or somewhere in between. You know, so that's what I'm shooting for, somewhere in between. So who we got? Yeah, we have um, Jerry from Mobile wants to join the uh, show this morning. Morning, Jerry. What's going on? It's actually Jeremy, but it's all oh, good, man. Yeah, well, what's uh, up? We're, we're, we are, we are, going to preach the same gospel here, okay? Um, I used to grow knockouts and all sorts of roses mm -hmm. in five-gallon squat pots. You can beat them to death, gas share them to death. The only thing I wish is we could we could train the deer to, to hit them for us, you know? <laughs> That's it. If it only the deer, matter. if only the deer would prune just in February, right? Right. Uh, but here's my question for you. Now, uh, I I know a lot about the commercial growth and and how to produce things in pots. Right. My wife adores yellow roses. I'm looking for your recommendation for the most fragrant, easy to grow in dirt. Yellow rose that I can just whack back with my gas shears and they'll come back. You what is, e what do you, you think? email me this about yesterday morning. No, I did not. Somebody, somebody did. Else, somebody, 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 was on, somebody was on the same bent as I was. They, they wanted a fragrant yellow blooming rose for down near the coast. 
So, yeah. and the reason I haven't answered them back is because I don't know one, and I was going to look it up, yeah. but I was, I thought I had some time, and now you put me on the spot. Um, uh, I, it's cool. No, no, I, there, there are some. There are some. I don't know that they bloom constantly like like uh, like knockout does, but I know that no, there's. No, I don't. I don't. Want, I don't want those. I mean, oh, okay. The, the, I mean, the reason they're called knockouts is because of the the. the gene manipulation they did to them. Yeah. I want a real, like, heritage rose. That okay. A nice, big, fat, that when it does when it doesn't show, it doesn't show. Gotcha. But it's fragrant. And it, and hopefully disease-resistant and, and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. I, do I, I don't want to have to put too much Cupro on them and crap like that. No, no. Here's, here's the deal. This is the honest truth. I know some, but I can't remember them. That's cool. <laughs> I can look it up, though. I mean, I've got friends uh, local, you know, in Mississippi who grow lots of different roses. They can answer the question without batting an eye. And I know the folks yeah. at the Antique Rose Emporium. So uh, it's just a matter of finding out. So st- stay tuned. If somebody doesn't call up and help us out today, I will talk about it next week. All right. That sounds great. Uh, one last little on the way out. Yeah. Um, talk about code switching. Now, this is funny. Uh Dust up on your French here. Um, do you know what they call a potato in French? It's a it's a pomme de terre. Pomme de terre. That, if you translate that into southern vernacular, it's a dirt apple. <laughs> a dirt apple. You know, and see, that's too far even for me. I'm going to be planting my dirt apple. Hey, here, here's an oddball thing. You know, uh, when you're planting potatoes, you cut the little eye out and you pre-root it. Oh, yeah. That's called chitting. Starts with a C-A, yeah, chitting, right? Look, look I, I, I threw three potatoes with roots coming out of them in my backyard. I'm going to let nature take care of the rest. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that that's where that old horticulture term that sounds not great, but pirates – this time of year, you ask what they're doing, they say, I'm chitting me taters. I gotcha. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, we, 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 we could go down this path all day. Yeah. And I, I hope that, I hope that uh, you continue to do the same. I, I give a, when I give talks in England, I have to say potato and tomato and oregano. So <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things. Anyway, I'll, I, I'll do some research. I won't remember it for more than a week or so. So as soon as I learn about a good fragrant what? rose for near the coast, I'll share it before it leaves my mind again. I, I listen every week. Thank you guys okay. for the, the, the service you're doing for our country, okay? Thanks, Jeremiah. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy, from Mobile. That was Jeremy. He's he, he's going to be tuning in, Felder, so you got, I know, to, you got an I know. assignment. Well, so, somebody emailed me about that yesterday morning. I said, i got to look this up. I'll do it later, and I haven't gotten around to it. All right. Well, let's see if uh, you can help out Oliver from Olive Branch right now. Morning, Oliver. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good. How about yourself? So far, so good. I got stumped, but I'm all right with that. Okay. My question. Plantro that's still in the yard that's greens. I have some Brussels sprout, some kale. I have some mustard that's coming back. Mm -hmm. And I have turnip greens that's coming back. Right. Are they edible? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They might be a little bitter. You know, uh, when it gets really, really cold, some of them will be a little bitter. When it gets hot, they turn bitter. But here's the deal. 
other than the kale, kale is about the only one of those that's supposed to be growing in the winter. The rest of them, you just sort of lucked up, you know, because they do better in the fall or the spring when the weather's cool, not when it's really hot or really cold. So when they're really hot or really cold, they're outside their natural range, and there's going to be some slight off flavors, but they're edible. They're edible. You know, that's, that's what hot sauce is for. For your seasoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I made for the first time. I made some pepper, uh, 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 pepper vinegar, and it's, yeah. it's so good. It's real spicy, but it's pretty, and it tastes so good. Yeah, What's that? So you use your peppers for it? Yeah, yeah. I get little hot peppers and I stuff them in a, a, a in a, a jar and I pour boiling vinegar over it and let it steep for a while, and then you just well, you've seen every cafe's got a jar a, a, a shaker of it on the table. Right, I, I, right, I, I, I see that. And you get yeah. some hot vinegar. No, yeah. Well, I, I, I heat the vinegar up because that way, it, you know, it sort of sterilizes the peppers. I put the peppers in there, pour, you know, I boil some, get vinegar to a boil, and then I pour it over there. But anyway, what I'm saying is, they, they're safe to eat, but if they don't taste good, that's what pepper vinegar is for. Okay. 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 Appreciate you calling, man. Thank you. All right, my friend. Okay, they finally asked me something I knew. But they <laughs> they looking out for you. Before we go to our uh, cheesy tune break, let's talk with uh, Mikey in Mobile. Hey, Mikey. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I think the soil and dirt thing is really. Um, I've, I've thought about that a lot. Well, it's just two different um, languages, it's like herb or herb. It, if French no, say it, herb, it, no, it's just it's just two different concepts. You talk to somebody who does laundry, and soil and dirt, you know, mean a completely different that, that's, thing. That's from right. Gardening, that's right. You get you, know? dirt, you get dirty. You get your clothes dirty, but you soil your pants. I get it. <laughs> or you get, oh, but anyway, I'm gonna go there. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, you get dirt under your fingernails. You wash your hands. It's that's the right. same thing, that's right. right? That's right. Um, uh, but, but dirt, there's 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 good dirt and there's bad dirt. You know the word, um, the uh, word, and soil and dirt mean the same thing. But people put inflections on stuff. You know, we we it's, we it's, add it's, stuff it's, in. It's an earth sponge, is what it is. You know, that's if right. You live near uh, some uh, uh, God help those people who live near places where. There's been a, a radiation accident. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's let's keep it back to gardening. What you got? Well, I am. I think it's the same thing. Um, uh, but back to more pleasant gardening, um, the yellow roses that have done very well, um, of course, uh, with hurricanes and teardowns and stuff, had to um, – I don't have it or anymore, her anymore. <laughs> Lady Banks Rose. Lady Banks is a good one. It's a once bloomer, but it's not big and it's not fragrant. And he, he said big, fragrant yellow flowers. And so I had to, I had to, and I do know Lady Banks, and it's it's a pretty one, but it blooms late winter, early spring, but no fragrance. And that was his thing. Well, I, I grew other stuff in with it, so yeah, I could yeah. smell them all. <laughs> well, that's that's a good suggestion. That's a good one to start with, though. 
So and it's very hardy, you know. Oh yeah. Um, even through hurricane, it, it survived that. It didn't survive the reconstruction. I have a picture of okay. me standing. I have a picture of me standing beside the Lady Banks Rose planted in the 1880s in Tombstone, Arizona. It covers 1,600 square feet. Big one. Anyway, <laughs> we got we got a scoop, Mikey. But that's a, that's go. a, that's a good suggestion. Thank you so much. So that was uh, that was wild. I was desperately trying to 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 go online. I got all I got is my little phone here, and I went to the Antique Rose Emporium, which is one of the the major sites in the country for easy to grow roses that that don't need spray. You know, they've been around a long time. They collect roses by cuttings and all from all these uh, old cemeteries and home sites. And I've actually been with the owners of it uh, from South Carolina all over Texas, Mississippi, looking for really good roses that do well. And putting them back in the propagate. Anyway, I went to the site, but my phone won't, it won't let me. I can't read it. Oh, but failed. Antique Rose Emporium <laughs> uh, has got uh, roses listed by climbers, mannerly shrubs, small plants, uh, antique, true antiques, and by color. I just <laughs> my Bre- my fat old fingers won't do it. We got a couple calls, but quickly break this down. What's the and Antique, true antique, are these just uh, old roses yeah, well, that have been know, around for a while or something? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, here's the, the, the old, there's a technical term called old, old rose. Old rose is anything before the 1860s, which wow. is when hybrid teas were first produced. So anything before then is considered an old garden rose. And there's lots of them They're all over Mississippi. Antique is anything technically in the garden that's, 50 or more years old. My grandmother's concrete chicken is an antique. My gnomes are not because they were made, you know, in in the past 30 years. Anything over 50 years is legally an antique in the garden. Old garden roses are those before the 1860s, but we call them all the same, antique roses. Now, Valentine's Day is coming up quickly. Yep. Fellas and, and ladies, don't say I didn't remind you. Yeah. What about the roses that you will be picking up for Valentine's? Those, those aren't antiques. No, no, right? no. They're 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 specially bred for the long stems. They're pretty buds, and they they hold their buds for a long time. And they're you know, straight stems and all. They rarely survive really, really well out in the garden. By the way, there's one other word before we go to call. <clears throat> it's called heirloom. And heirloom comes from the word inherited loom. An inherited tool. Anything that you get from someone else or inherit from somebody else is an heirloom. So heirloom, antique, old rose, doesn't really matter. We know what we're talking about here. Anyway, hey, let's go down to Moselle and talk to Liz. Liz, how are you doing, lady? I'm doing pretty good. How about you, fellas? Fine. You've been hanging on for a long time. We appreciate it. What's 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 up? What's up with you and your garden? <laughs> well, I think I can help you at least... Help you figure out the name of the, the perfect yellow rose, and it may have been the antique rose emporium people you had on years ago, um, but there was a heritage rose, and I have it growing. I planted it when when I first moved back here, and it's yellow, and it's a, a climber, and it is fragrant. And it was voted the most popular rose in the country. Does that help you? Any? That would be it's a uh, uh, it's a David Austin rose. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And is it Golden Celebration? No. 
No, I think it might be a king or queen something. Is it? Could it possibly be? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway. That's a good one, and I can look that because because you're right. Uh, Golden Jubilee. I can't remember the name of this, but it was the name the most popular rose on earth by rose societies from over a hundred countries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, find that, that out. That's, that's it. And then that sucker bloomed one year. I had it the year that it pruned it in forever, and it was just. Covered, and it was the most magnificent sight, and it had an like that since. So anyway, <laughs> we actually have one of those growing in Greenwood Cemetery. So anyway, that, I forget. I just forget about stuff like this, Liz. But anyway, that's a well, good start. You know where to look. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You, you stay. Well, it's going to be a warm day. Get out and get you some sunshine. Yeah, I think I'll do that. Okay, thanks, Liz. See so, you, lady. Okay. All right, and now let's go to, I think, to Truett. Truett, what's up? Yes, sir, good morning. Yes. You got, like, you got lost trying to get here. Yeah, I did. So, right, I, are you familiar with the word, with the gentleman's tormentor? With his what? You know what I mean? Oh, uh, tormentor. Potage. Potager? Yes. Yeah, potage. Tormentor. There's a statue on the Parisian metro line dedicated to Mr. Parmenter that the Parmenter stopped on the Parisian metro line. Yeah. Hey, man, we we have a terrible connection for some reason. We're having a terrible time. Yeah, true. If you could hang up and call back, I I see in the comment it says potato story, and you talking about the Parisian coast. Please call back. Let's see if we can get a better connection. and we can talk to David in Grenada as we uh, wait for you to call back. Yeah. Hey, David, what's going on? Hello. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, I think I have what's called a, I bought it about three years ago, three or four years ago. Uh, I think it's, I think you would classify it as a heirloom pear tree. Yeah. And uh, it's got lots of leaves on it. Uh, and it looks real healthy and all, but it never grows. It's the same size that it was four years ago, and I was just wondering what yeah, would yeah. cause that, or how yeah. do I fix that? Usually when, when any kind of plant gets gets stunted, whether it's a pear or a fig or, or a rose or anything, usually it's because it's, it's having root problems. It was either planted in a hole that was too small and the roots are, are just encircling a small hole, or it's in an area that stays wet, or maybe it was even planted an inch or two deeper than it normally grows. This can stunt a, f- a fruit tree for life. So that's the reason I always recommend people dig a wide hole, plant things a little on the high side to allow for settling. But a wide hole, inch or two on the high side to settle, that usually keeps this from happening. But it sounds like it's got some kind of root problems. Uh, it, it could also have well, been hit with the, the lawnmower or the string trimmer at the base, and that could stunt a tree no, if it doesn't no. kill it. No, no, it's not that. So I was all right. Well, assuming that's the problem, and I believe you, um, could I dig it up and and lift it up some? I ain't gonna do anything otherwise. So you know, if you want to do that, this is a good month to do it. This is a great month. What I would do is is uh, is cut uh-huh. it back first, almost like you're starting it over again. Cut it back to, you know, maybe waist high. That you know, if it's that high already, dig it up. No, no, it's 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 
three feet if that. Oh, okay. Well, what I would do, I would just simply dig it up sometime this month, make the hole at least three feet across. You don't have to add a bunch of stuff to it, but really loosen the dirt up. You know, and that sort of right. makes a little bit of a mound because you fluff the dirt up with it, the air and plant at the high, uh, higher. So it'll settle gotcha. down to where it's not deeper. That's the, 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 the usual cause of this is some kind of root problem, plant too deep, small hole, or staying too wet. But it sounds like a root problem. Well, to it's me. on top of the hill, so it's not staying too wet. So uh, thank you very much. I know you're busy there. Uh, I enjoy listening to the show, and uh, I don't know who I would ask otherwise. Uh, I appreciate thank it, man. You oh, very oh much. let me ask you you got clay soil, you got clay dirt, you got clay or, or good dirt? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's see, w- when you dig a hole in clay, you're digging a bowl that stays wet. So even on the top of a hill, it can stay wet. So just, just, just make it a bigger hole. Make it a bigger hole. Got gotcha. you. Good That's l- what I'm going to do today. That's my mission. Thank okay, you very much. Okay, Hugh. Good luck for it. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye. Or, or was that? Was let's, that? Uh, let's see if we can talk to Truett. Truett okay. is back. and um, Let's see what kind, his- of, what kind of connection we got. What's up? I hope it's good. Much- I'm just calling about potatoes. Yeah. The, the gentleman by the name of Carmen. Yeah. And they have a stature here on the Paris Metro line, the Metro Station. He was a gentleman that the Europeans attributed the transference of potatoes from South America to Europe. Wow. Wow. This is a, you know, that was a, that was a major thing. Potatoes and corn changed European history. Uh, and uh, and I could get a reason why, but listen, we st- we still I don't know why we got a bad connection. You must be out in a boondocks or something. We just got a bad connection. We love you, Truett. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh let's go to Hugh in Ocean Springs real quick. Hey, Hugh. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Uh, my question is about uh, taking a cutting from a spirea and trying to get it to root. I have yep. a very a spirea plant, mm-hmm. and it already thinks it's spring. You know, this one was the earliest. Well, I have two of them. One blooms earlier than the other. And the earliest one already has little tiny one-eighth-inch blooms, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like little tiny snowballs. And I'd like to cut off a piece and make it make another one. Okay, well, first of all, the reason why it's blooming, a lot of plants tell, they tell time by how many hours of what they call chilling, above freezing, below 45. There's chilling hours. And plants sort of count those. Uh, and if they get a certain number of the chilling hours that they need, they're going to bloom first warm day that comes along. So if we have a cold winter early or a chilly winter, they're going to bloom early. Sometimes they don't get enough and they don't bloom early enough. So that's usually what, what does it. Stress, like heat and drought and all that kind of stuff, can also stimulate flower bud production. It's a hormone thing. So anyway, that, that would explain that. But every spirea you see anywhere on earth was grown from a simple little cutting. Simple cutting. Uh, this is a good time of year. You take cuttings that are, oh, four, five, six inches long, not the little weeny stuff on the very end, not the big old thick stuff. But, you know, last year's growth, about halfway back, you know, not 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 big thick stuff or skinny stuff, and uh, take cuttings, put them in some moist potting soil. Maybe make you a little tent with. Uh, you can cut the bottom off a cola bottle and throw the the cap away, sort of like a little a greenhouse dome with a vent at the top, and that'll keep humidity up. But this is how they root. You can also root them in the in the the late spring and the summer when the new growth comes out. It kind of toughens up. So so this time of year, or let's say late May or June or early July. They root like ringing a bell. Everyone on earth is growing just like that. So just cut off a piece and stick it in the ground with something over it? 
Yeah, I would put it in some some good dirt or else a, a, a pot with some potting soil. And uh, like uh, Cecile Wardlow said about the roses, um, I don't have great success. I've been plant, prop, plant, propagating plants since I was a teenager, and I've been doing this a long time. And I still only have about a fifty percent success because I don't have a greenhouse. So I stick four, five, or six, or eight, or ten cuttings. That way, I know at least I get one or two. Okay, <laughs> and just stick it in, in the ground or try to uh, put it some, well, some in the ground and some in a pot in the window. Yeah, if you've got some dirt that's worked up, see, I've got a flower bed where I plant pansies and stuff. i got some daffodils there, but pansies and violas in the wintertime, and the dirt's really pretty well worked up. So I just stick cuttings in between those, fig trees, and all, that's, that's where I root my cuttings. But pretty good dirt that's been worked up or some potting soil. That helps. Also, if you just go online and say rooting spirea or rooting flowering shrubs, they'll have all sorts of stuff on them. Some of them make it more complicated. You don't have to get complicated. But in general, this time of year or when the new growth kind of toughens up in the uh, late spring, that's when they root the best. Okay. Thank you so much. All righty. Good luck on it. Thanks. Bye. I do something again. Well, I mean, you have a lot of knowledge, man. Yeah. Hey, I was going around the, the yard. I spent this past week, I didn't spend that much time because I, I, I got the yard ready for winter back in the fall. But I went out there this past uh, week and I, I took a leaf rake, a regular old-fashioned leaf rake, and I raked up the the biggest of the leaves. I took my leaf blower and cleaned everything up, I pulled up some mushy dead stuff and uh, threw some mulch out, and the garden looks good. Garden looks good because I choose plants that like it this time of year. And uh, one of the things, the reason I mentioned that, roses don't have much going for them right now, but you can plant daffodils in between them. Plant daffodils around your roses so you got something in the wintertime, and then when the daffodils start to f- fall over, you got roses coming on. So that's just, you know, double duty, double duty. So who we got next year? Uh, let's go to Don in Ridgeland. Don, good morning, Don Howdy. Oh, how are y'all? So far, so good. Um, I just wanted to comment on your dirt. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What dirt you? Is, is, I'm sorry. No, no. What? So keep keep going. Sorry. Dirt is the is the very foundation of what makes a healthy plant make us healthy. I'm, I'm, and my. My best friend two years ago had some health issues and decided to start a garden, never grew plants or anything like that. And one of his neighbors talked him into putting red clay um, to serve his flower beds and mm-hmm. his garden. And, of course, that was not successful. But dirt means everything. It means a healthy plant. It means less bugs on your, on your produce. And, and so much more. I agree. Um, I agree. I, I will say this. A lot of plants don't grow well in, in clay. They, they're just not native to clay soils. A lot don't grow well in sand. And so the idea you mix the two together, you got the best of both worlds. When I do raised beds, and even my containers, Dawn, I always mix a little real dirt, topsoil, whatever you want to call it, real dirt, into my potting soil. When I do raised beds, I dig the dirt. My daughter Zoe and I just did a a bed for her. We dug up the dirt, a shovel deep. We spread stuff on top. We stirred them together. But keeping some real, uh, the minerals in dirt really do help plants a lot. Absolutely. And I only buy hoe 
Um, Mrs. Hutto's mix. Well, okay, I, I, I agree with. It. I do too because we're in Jackson, but down on the coast, of Florida, and there's 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 lots of good mixes out there. But folks in Jackson, we all know about about Ms. Hutto's mix. That's and it's got real dirt in it. It does. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, I, I agree with you. Uh, people who don't have real dirt in even the, even a little bit in their potting soil, it has this thing called cation exchange. I don't want to get into all that, but it helps it hold minerals and nutrients a little bit longer than just plain old pots. It's always beneficial have a little real dirt in your in your soil mix. <laughs> Appreciate it, well, Dawn. Here's the soil and dirt. There you go. And uh, by the way, if you chew your fingernails after you work in the garden, get a little dirt in there. It's going to boost your immune system. That's what it's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, we got we got multi-colors here, you know, on my screen. I got light blue, I got red, I got gray, I've got golden orange. Well, make sure you go to the one that says David in Port Gibson. Okay, the golden orange. Go to that one. Greg's calling. No, David from Port Gibson. <laughs> hey, David, good morning. Good morning. What's up? I got some, uh, a spot I'll be planting green. And I ain't doing no good. One year I did good, and a couple of years I ain't did nothing. It won't grow. You what I need to do? Well, a, a couple of things. Is it pretty good dirt? You got pretty good dirt out there? Or is it real heavy clay or what? It's good dirt. Okay. But it ain't good for me. It ain't growing my green. Okay, uh, a couple of things. You know, if you've been planting greens a long time, you know that we don't really plant for the wintertime. We plant in the late winter, like February, March, and then we plant again in the late summer for fall harvest or, or the fall. Middle of the winter, those seeds, it's too cold for those seeds to sprout well. So if you try starting this month, you might run into some problems, just, just cold. You might also want to take, go around your garden and take three or four little, uh, or, or with a bucket and get a little, little scoop of dirt here and there all over your garden, mix them together, and take a pint jar of that mixture down to the county extension office. Uh, this, this, this down, it's right there downtown Port Gibson, and they'll test it for you. You may need some lime. Lime uh, helps acidic soils really, really well, and they can they can tell that. Also, if you over fertilize, you know, if you put a lot of triple thirteen or triple eight out there over and over and over, that stuff builds up and it can cause problems. So, too much fertilizer or a lack of lime are the first two things I would look at, and they can test that for you there at the county extension office, right right down the main street downtown Port Gibson. Okay, I ain't putting no much of mirror grow on. And and that that's fine, but you know when it calls for a scoop of Miracle Grow to a gallon of water, that doesn't look like a mu- like much. That's plenty. So if you overdo it with fertilizer, that can cause plants to have a problem. Just like giving a kid too much sugar, it's going to make them bounce off the walls. So fertilizer is is like salt and pepper. You need it, but don't need that much. So anyway, you oh. you may need to add some lime to your soil. By the way, that lime lasts for, for three or four years. It's not something you got to do all the time. Okay, that's what I do. Okay, good I luck, David. Give me some lime. And good luck on it, David. We appreciate your call, man. All right, thanks. Okay, now let's slide up to Columbus. Greg, what's up with your peach tree? Nothing seems like it. Uh, how y'all guys doing? <laughs> um, I got a peach tree in the backyard. It's fully grown. I, I, I see. A couple of years ago, um, I started noticing that it would have flowers and just had a little small, whole bunch of little small peaches. So yeah. I trimmed it down, and um, 
The only thing that came after that was like one nice size peach. What am I doing wrong? Well, peaches bloom in the springtime on what grew last summer and fall. So if you prune them too hard and get rid of all of last year's new growth, there go your flowers and your peaches. See, So what you do with peach trees, you sort of thin out the clutter stuff. You know, if you've got a bunch of branches, just thin them out to where they're, they're sort of like spreading your hands way out. If you're going to catch a ball, you spread your fingers out. And that that's the idea. Just thin out some of the branches, a few of the twigs. But try not to prune it too hard in the winter because that's where the flowers are. And also keep in mind that, that, that peaches, a lot of them need pollination from another peach that's a different variety. Apples and peaches and pears, some of them are produced by themselves, but most of them do better if they have two different kinds close to each other. It increases their fruit production. It's called cross-pollination. So if you just got the one, there's a good chance it's not really getting good pollen. You might have pruned it a little hard, but anyway, just thin it out a little bit. Try not to prune it too hard. Let's see what happens. Okay, let me ask you something. Do I, do I thin it out all the way to the tree itself or just leave the branches on it not, not too long? Well, if you're going to cut something off, uh, whether it's a twig off of a branch or branch off a limb or limb off the trunk, don't leave a stub. Whatever you're cutting off, uh, cut it off where it starts growing. Don't leave any kind of stub. But, uh, again, you're just thinning stuff out. It's sort of like plucking eyebrows. you got too many eyebrows, you don't shave them all off. You just pluck the ones in the wrong place. I sure do appreciate y'all guys, man. Good luck on it. Appreciate it. Let's go up to Columbus. Uh, and talk to Dietrich. I thought we were just in Columbus. And Dietrich, what's up? Hey, Father, how you doing this morning? So far, so good, man. Hey, listen, I got a question. You know that old the, the cane, that old pole cane that you used to find out in the fields and stuff? Yep. Mostly side the road or in a ditch where it was kind of wet and damp. Yeah. But my my niece, she went and got some few years, about five, six years ago, maybe a little longer, and she planted some in the yard. It's everywhere now. Is it everywhere? Yeah, and it it really (laughs) doesn't really, it really doesn't do anything. My question is, how do you kill that stuff, and, and when do you kill it? Listen, I'm laughing with you, not at you, because this is a great question. A lot of people say never plant it because it's like this. Here's the deal. It, it has these runners. They're almost as hard as the cane itself, right up under the ground, little rhizomes. And they'll shoot out 10, 15 feet and then sprout up. So if you want to get rid of it, what you need to do is where you want to keep it, you cut a ditch. It doesn't have to be deep. Just take your shovel and cut down four or five inches. And anything on the good side will will stay alive. But the stuff that's out past that, you can either pull it up, which is not any fun at all. You can do it this time of year. It's not the, or else let, cut it down, completely down this time of year. Let the new growth come up. And when it gets about knee high, brush it with a weed killer, something like Roundup or something like that. Let it cut it down. Let it sprout out, get knee high, waist high. That's when it works the best. But you need to okay. you need to cut between where you, where what she wants and where what she doesn't want, and then mow down all the stuff she doesn't want. Treat the new growth and it comes up in the spring. Okay, so cut it down. Wait till it gets knee high and brush it with some weed killer. That's right. Now it sounds easy, <laughs> but it ain't. I know. I know. God, I know. Make sure she fixes your lunch because you're going to be there a while. Oh, God. <laughs> Appreciate it, Dietrich. We got to scoot. All righty, Java. I'm going to have to save my answer to question I asked till next week, but it's a good one. 
It's okay. a good one. We were rocking and rolling today. Yeah. Folks, if you got questions during the week, call your county extension office and ask to speak to Master Gardener or go to Mississippi Gardening Facebook page and uh, you know, join that. A lot, lot of good folks there. Or else shoot me an email. Go to felderrushing.blog. And it says, email me. And we'll take it from there. Meanwhile, it's going to be a pretty weekend. Might be a little rain. We're going to do some rose pruning and rooting at Greenwood Cemetery here downtown Jackson tomorrow morning. But other than that, get out, do some stuff, knock around. If you have a chance, get a kid and show them how to do what we do best, folks. And that's get dirty. The idea is keep it going. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.